Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show. Saints training camp is here. Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis speaking out at camp today. We'll actually hear their full press conferences in the 10 o'clock hour of the show, 1030 and 1045. Let's get an NFL camp preview, NFC South preview with Kevin Boylard of 24-7 Sports, writer and sports anchor there. He's on Twitter at 247KevinBoylard. Kevin, welcome back to the show. How are you, man? Great, great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, let's touch on the Saints here, but I want to touch really outside the Saints with you for most of our time together tonight. Uh, you still think the Saints are either the best team in the NFC or right there is one of the best teams in the NFC? Yeah, absolutely. And we saw last year how balanced they were, not just on offense and defense, but on both elements of offense, passing and running the ball. Uh, Drew Brees is still playing at an extremely high level. Sean Payton is one of the most forward-thinking coaches still in the league, and uh, he's kept them out of the curve, and I like where the Saints are heading into 2019. Are you paying Michael Thomas $20, $21 million a year? Well, I think he's definitely demanding that type of consideration. Am I making up the highest-paid receiver? I think there's a little bit of a standoff going on between him and Julio. Yeah, I think so, too. It's almost almost like a game of chicken where, well, let's see who goes first. I want you to go first. No, we're going to wait. <laughs> so it's, it's very interesting to watch it happen and watch this play out inside the bubble. Uh, NFC South, Kevin, I've said this on my show last couple of weeks quite a bit. I think the Falcons are not only serious contenders in the South, I think they're serious contenders in the NFC. Would you agree or disagree there? I think they're definitely contenders, and anytime you have – some of the defensive players that they have, including Deion Jones, who they just locked up, and Greg Jarrett, who they just locked up, locked up as well, plus a quarterback who's played on an MVP caliber level in the past, and Matt Ryan, and a receiver like Julio Jones, you have to look at that team as a serious contender. Now, the Falcons have had this weird, you know, snake bittenness about them, whether it's just been bad luck or injuries, but. They haven't really lived up to their expectations, and it just feels like they're a team in decline, even though they're locking up these major pieces and still have all these great players. It feels like their window is, if not closed, but it's missed their most maximum openness, I guess you could say. So the Falcons are a weird team for me. Yeah, it's only, yeah, their window's diminishing, I would agree. And I've talked to a lot of people in Atlanta, and I guess they disagree on whether Dan Quinn's on the hot seat or not. I've had some people actually tell me yes. Is, is he on the hot seat, Kevin? Could we see if things don't go right here, if they don't make the playoffs, they make a change? I definitely think his seat is warming up. It's It's been warm since the Super Bowl. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. But, yeah, I mean, last year – not finishing, finishing, you know, outside of the playoff race is not where the Falcons want to be. They're trending the opposite way from when they made it to the Super Bowl. And, you know, their offense has taken a clear step back since, uh, you know, losing Kyle Shanahan to the 49ers. And they've been trying to reclaim that offensive magic that they had with Matt Ryan and Julio. So I think that there's definitely uh, plenty of pressure on Dan Quinn. And I think if things start to go you know, under 500, yeah, he could lose his job. There's also a lot of pressure in Charlotte on Ron Rivera and Cam Newton as well. It seems like, Kevin, these are make-or-break years 
for both Ron Rivera, certainly on the hot seat, and also Cam Newton, who's up for a new contract. It'll be interesting to see his season and if the, the Panthers pay him big. Yeah, to be honest, I really think that Ron Rivera's on less of a hot seat than Dan Quinn is because a lot of last year's you know downfall had to do with Cam Newton's injury. Before that, he was putting up numbers that were rivaling what he did during his MVP season. The Panthers were 6-2 and two and appeared to be destined to a second straight playoff appearance. So I, I'm not as sold that Ron Rivera is on the hot seat, um, especially because I think there's a little bit less pressure there in Charlotte. How good can the Panthers be this year? I think if Cam Newton is truly healthy and what it looked like from the first practice the Panthers had today, uh, he could throw the ball. It's not an Andrew Luck situation where they're hiding his arm. He's thrown the ball 40-plus yards of practice. If he could throw like that and he could run and, and stay healthy, then they could be the team that we saw a few years back go to that played the, uh, the Denver Broncos. They've got a great running back in Christian McCaffrey, and they've got pieces on defense as they've had uh, for a while, but now they've added Brian Burns, who should give them a legitimate force on the edge. They've always had the players in the middle now, and, uh, and including Luke Keekley, I could see them as a, a contender coming out of the NFC South. That's a scary thought for all the Saints fans listening to us tonight. The wild card for me in this division, and I can't wait to watch this play out, is, is Tampa. And Bruce Arians is there. The quarterback whisperer, he's got Jameis Winston. How good or not good do you think they can be in year one of the Arians era? I'm not a big believer in the Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's nothing against Bruce Arians. I just think he's inheriting maybe a problem that's a little bit over his head. Bruce Arians said last year that he wouldn't consider any job other than the Browns job, and then he went and took the Bucks job, which really wasn't that an appealing job, especially when you look at what the Browns job that Freddie Kitchens got with Baker Mayfield and the plethora of offensive weapons he's got. Instead, Bruce Arians gets, you know, a quarterback who we don't know who he is in Jameis Winston. We don't know if he has a maturity level to be an NFL quarterback even and the leader of the franchise in a contract year. It's not the ideal situation. He's got some pieces, but, you, you know, you start your defense. Jason Pierre-Paul was put on the non-football injury list today. I just don't think the Buccaneers are going to be a contender in year one or their areas. We're chatting with Kevin Boyler of 24-7 Sports, Sports Anchor and Ryder there here on the last lap. Uh, across the NFC, Rams certainly, in everybody's eye and mind, as they made the Super Bowl run last year, didn't really have a great free agency period. Lots of attrition on both sides of the football, Kevin. And as these power rankings start to come out, I'm noticing well, most of the experts kind of agree there. Rams falling uh, low single digits in the teens. Uh, is it going to be that big of a fall for Los Angeles? We'll have to see. I mean, if what the Patriots did to the Rams can become a blueprint for everyone to stop Sean McVay's offense, then sure, they'll take a steep decline, I would imagine. But I think the bigger question is if they're going to be able to run the ball. That was what they did so well last year. And when they ran the ball, Jared Goff played well. The defense was taking the ball away, and they were able to control the, the game on offense. But Todd Gurley's got that injury, the knee issue that may creep up at some point in the season. I know he says he's healthy now. And they lost uh, C.J. Anderson in free agency. So I think that while the biggest thing when it comes to running the ball is the strength and the cohesiveness of your offensive line, the Rams are kind of thin at, at running back. And I wonder what Jared Goff would look like if he didn't have a, a strong running game, uh, probably what he looked like in the, in the Bears game 
and in the Patriots game in the playoffs. Yeah, it was not good. That would be not good for Jared Goff. Uh, 49ers. Or it, we, every, it seemed like every year we hear, oh, 49ers, dark horse. Is this final of the year that we see 49ers, Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs? We'll see. We'd like to see Jimmy Garoppolo in a larger set. I mean, can you think of a guy that's had more hype and really more dollars paid to him or promised to him, I guess you could say, in a contract form than, than, than someone who's played in fewer games than Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, we only got him for three games last year. He had some nice moments. He seemed to be leading a comeback against the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs when he went down. I would have loved to see what that team could have done with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. They got him some more weapons. There's some interesting battles brewing on the outside. A wide receiver, I'd love to see what Devo Samuel can do in his rookie year. Jarek McKinnon, of course, coming back from injury as well. I think that the 49ers can make some noise. They've got players on both sides of the ball, but I don't know if they're going to overtake the Rams at the West. Uh, let's go up north because you know, the NFC North is always fascinating. I think it'll be as fascinating as ever this year. Vikings, Bears, and Packers, how do you handicap that race? I actually like the Packers in this, in this race, mainly because of Aaron Rodgers. I'm still a big believer in him. But the new head coach, Matt LaFleur, I think is going to be the perfect fusion of youthful energy that this team can rally around, but also not too imposing to still let Aaron Rodgers run this team. That's one of the most dangerous and underrated connections, by the way, in the league, is Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. They scored, I think, connected for 35 touchdowns over the past three years. I know that Rodgers missed some time over that, and some of those touchdowns are coming from Brett Hundley, but Devontae Adams is one of the most underrated receivers in the league. They've rehauled their defense this offseason. I like Darius Smith to become a breakout pass rusher for him. I think that the Packers have more pieces or they're hungrier for a championship considering how long they've waited since their last one than the rest of the division. How big of a year is this for Aaron Rodgers' legacy considering the, the hits that's taken over the last couple of seasons? Well, I think he did take a little bit of a hit last year with and the year before with the injury, and then this year playing through an injury, but losing the head-to-head battle with Tom Brady definitely hurt. Missing the playoffs definitely hurt. But Aaron Rodgers still has that mystique to him that anytime he's in a game, you know he's got a chance to win it. It doesn't matter what his teammates are doing. He can do it. He can put it all on his own shoulders and win the game. So I still think that Aaron Rodgers has the je ne sais quoi that people admire, and NFL fans all are intimidated by if you're rooting for the other team. So I'm, I'm still a big believer in Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think too much of his legacy is riding on what happens this year. Yeah, isn't one of the scariest things in football uh, with five seconds left or something and the Packers down six and Aaron Rodgers throwing a Hail Mary or, I don't know, maybe they should call it a Hail Aaron or something into the end zone? Uh, we're going to see a few more of those. It's been, it's been incredible. Other teams in the NFC, Kevin, that we haven't touched on that you think might be contenders? Well, we didn't talk at all about the NFC East. And I true. think that that division is pretty wide open. Uh, the Redskins and Giants are big question marks. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles, two years removed from their Super Bowl championship, but made the playoffs last year. No Nick Foles now. Dallas Cowboys, they made the playoffs last year and actually advanced past the Seattle Seahawks into the next round but lost to the Rams. I could see either of those teams going back. They've got players on both sides of the ball. But I really honestly could see either the Giants or the Redskins surprising and winning this division. We've seen it won before at the 9-7 and seven range, and it's always such a dogfight. So I can't wait to see what comes out on top. Yeah, it's always fun, the NFC. You mentioned a team there we never talked about, the, the Seattle Seahawks. I, I saw, again, on these power rankings, I saw everybody, okay, Seahawks, big contender in the NFC. Watch out, young Pete Carroll team. And then they lose a defensive lineman, Jaron Reed, and everybody changes their opinion. Was Reed that important? Does that change the complexion of their season that much? Big player, but 
they paid Russell Wilson the big bucks because they go as he goes now. And I think what was really admirable about Pete Carroll's coaching job last year is I thought that with all the off-season turmoil that they had gone through and with so many of the personnel changes and how unhappy Earl Thomas was with the team, I thought that all of that was going to amount to the Seahawks bottoming out last year. Instead, they rallied, they redefined themselves as a run-first team, offense, and they led the league on the ground, and uh, and they made it back to the playoffs playing a completely different brand of football. So I think that Pete Carroll's a great coach, Russell Wilson's a great quarterback, and they could be contenders, but I just don't see the top-end talent on that team. Yeah, maybe a year or two too soon again for Pete's crew out on the West Coast. He's Kevin Boylard, writer and sports anchor at 24-7 Sports and on Twitter at 24-7 Kevin Boylard. Kevin, always appreciate it. We'll talk some AFC next time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, there he goes. What do you think? You can give us a call, 504-260-1870. Who are the contenders in the NFC? Where'd you disagree? Where'd you agree with us? Area code 504-260-1870, and our text line is 870-870. Also on the dockets, we'll talk a little LSU athletic and academic funding disparity debate that spurned on social media over the last few days. I'm Seth Dunlap. The Last Lap continues on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.